Welcome to Stash Talk. I'm Kirby Connell, otherwise known as Volley Fingers, and I'm joined by my dad, Jeff Connell. So here we go with Stash Talk. Today, we have Will Brand and my middle brother, Kevin Connell, on here with us. It's good to have you on here. How's Will going to go first? Appreciate you having me, Kirby. No problem, Will. So, we like to start off um, every single podcast off with, you know, just telling us a little bit about your family. So, uh, Will, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, grew up in a small town. Um, grew up with, I uh, have a little sister. Um, her name's Jarrah. She went to Mississippi State. Um, grew up in a small town called Hickory, Mississippi. Probably 400 people in the town. Basically all my family. So, had a lot of family gatherings, one of those things. Grew up in church. Um, then I went to Central Arkansas. After that, moved here to Boonville. All right, Kevin. You have the uh, same family? Yeah, same family as yours, pretty much. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, pretty much grew up uh, Georgia for a little bit. Uh Tennessee graduated from Daniel Boone High School in 2011. Had the great opportunity to attend the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina. Graduated there in 2015. Uh, slept on a couch for about five months. Started working down in Mississippi in 2016. Um, yeah, got uh, you, baby Kirby, at Tennessee and. Cody's back in John City cutting grass with Heather and Scout and Sonny and my beautiful girlfriend lives in Kossuth, Mississippi. Well, so, yeah. you just ruined the next question. Um, so, <laughs> Kevin, you have a girlfriend. Her name is Bailey. I'll answer that question for you since you didn't want to say it. Um, but, Will, tell us about your, um, your wife and... Um, new son. Um, beautiful wife named Maddie. She grew up in Utah till sixth grade. Then her dad got an IT job at Walmart. So they moved to Bentonville, Arkansas, where they live currently. Met her at Central Arkansas. She ran track and college the country. And um, I played baseball at Central Arkansas. So we met at FCA camp, actually, and got to know each other the first year. Um, is one of those things I'm not dating. I'm about to move off. I don't want to date. I don't want to date. And she finally convinced me. And then three years later, we got married. And a year after that, we had Baker. He's now one year old and starting to walk around the house. So he's we call him a little tiny tornado because that's what he is. Or Kevin calls him the drool king. <laughs> <laughs> hey, funny, funny story about Will's uh, father-in-law. He looks like Howie Manziel. And he created the Walmart pickup. What the heck? He was he was in the he was in the talks with the Walmart pickup. Um, he created uh, it. Yeah, he, he had the idea. He's right, working well, on now, and before it comes out, I don't know if he, he's working on now in especially bigger cities. Walmart drones. Uh oh! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, learn new things on here every single podcast, Jeffrey. Um, so, Will is the assistant baseball coach at Northeast Mississippi Community College, and Kevin is the assistant softball coach and was the volunteer assistant at baseball. So, 
you told us a little bit about how you got there, but you know, give us a little bit of a rundown of maybe how you fell into those positions. You make it sound like I got. You make it sound like I got fired from it. Either one of you. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I was actually just got done playing baseball. Um, just got done at Central Arkansas. Went, did my two day stint in the in the minor leagues. Um, had a you know when you get your physicals and they realized I have a slight tear in the, my UCL, so they gave me my two thousand dollars and said, "Have a nice life." So I actually came home the next week and we had this big tournament. It's called State Games in Mississippi. And it's held in Meridian near my hometown. So I just went to watch. Um, and I was talking to a coach I knew. And he just asked me, he said, hey, what are you looking to do? I said, I really don't know. I said, I kind of want to think about getting into coaching. Um, I said, he said, what are you looking for? I said, I just need a place to live and, and some meals. And, he's, and Coach Harrelson, actually our head coach, he overheard this. He said, well, heck, I have that. Why don't you just come work for me? And so the next week, I was moving up to Boonville, Mississippi, and basically I've been here for five years and love it. Kevin? Uh, well, after graduation, I was sleeping on a couch, cutting grass for about five months. Uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Um, you know, that couch is pretty comfortable. I don't slept on it Thanksgiving break, actually. Um, either way, um, you know... Uh, I was looking for a job, trying to coach. Uh, Dad sent me an email uh, about uh, Northeast and how they have a dorm room. They pay for meals, and you can do lessons. And I uh, shot Coach Harrelson an email uh, pretty much saying who I am uh, and tell him I'll be down there tomorrow. He called me that afternoon. He spoke. I said, I'll be down there tomorrow. He goes, no, you don't have to. I said, no, like, really – I'm tired of cutting grass. I'll be down there tomorrow. So uh, I got down here in January uh, 2016. Uh, just don't really know anything about Boomville. I literally showed up on a Sunday, met John Andy Scott, moved into the dorm room, and never been to a JUCO, I guess you could say, and, you know, been here ever since. So. Well, that is definitely um, – I did not know that um, you reached out to both of y'all, basically just, you know, wanted somewhere to live um, other than a couch. So that's that's definitely new. Um, do either one of y'all happen to remember your first baseball memory? I remember a little bit of it, or – it made me, maybe I don't remember it, but I remember the story being told so many times that I, I think I remember it. And, but we're playing T ball and I was playing first base and the ball was hit to me. And I touched the bag before the kid got there. And I guess in T ball, they let everybody stay. And I sat there and argued and argued with the umpire and said, No, he's out. I'm not playing until he goes back to the dugout. And so they stopped the game until the kid went back to the dugout because I would not give the ball back to the pitcher. To <laughs> I like that. I like well, you that. Had some conviction. <laughs> oh my gosh! They make a mute button. Can't yeah, struggling over there. You had some conviction. You yelled. Oh, you like five? Yeah, like four or five. <laughs> you yelled at the umpire. <laughs> 
<laughs> no PB&Js for you. I told him. <laughs> he ain't getting his PB&Js. I could I could make some comments here about you. That's why you fit in at Northeast, but I'll I'll let the that one slide right now. The first time Will ever got ejected from a game, he went and told the umpire, "You don't get your PB and J's at lunch." Yeah, back, back story on that. I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing on the whiteboard, and one of my players goes out and says some choice words to the umpire. Well, he takes off to center field, and the umpire turns around, and I'm the only one standing there. So he tosses me, and I didn't even know it. I had my back turned. Coach Harrison said, hey, you just got tossed. I said, me? He said, yeah, go get him. So I run out there, didn't know what I was going to say, and trying to come up with these big bad words I was going to tell him, and all I could come up with, you know what, you're not getting your PB&Js after the game. And then I walked off. <laughs> uh, I guess my first – I don't really remember, for some odd reason, every time I listen to the podcast, I always think about how I'm going to answer this question. Um, I think I played for the Lugnuts one time. We were black with a white outline and red outline. Red. And I, it, Was it coach pitch? I don't know. I, I hit the ball. We were playing on the high school field. I hit the ball really far. And I got really tired of running around the bases. So I stopped at second, and Dad yelled at me one time. <laughs> Long run. Not the, first time, not the first time Dad yelled at you? No. You're... no. Many, many times of, of getting yelled at on a baseball and or basketball and or football and or wrestling mat. Or and or the house. Anywhere. Made them who they are, Will. Absolutely. I said it made them who they are. Oh, I've heard some stories about the Connell house growing up. <laughs> Three-stripe life, baby. Three-stripe life. <laughs> that one, I think it was so, Cody that came So, following home late. that up, go ahead, Will. Say it. Oh, I was just saying that story, and then Cody, I think it was Cody that came home late one time, missed curfew. Oh, Cody's eighth grade prom dance. Mm, bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. I felt bad for him. Oh Lord, he wasn't even driving. So, following that question, um, tell us a little bit about maybe who you played travel ball with, if you can remember that far. Maybe like the key teams that you played with. Um, growing up, I played just on some local travel ball teams. Um. First one I played on was the Forest Athletics. I actually played on – we had good players. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind is Luke Reynolds. He um, he played at Mississippi State and went on to Southern Miss, played there. Then he actually went on to um, – played in the Cubs organization for a little bit. Um, after that, I went and played for the Mississippi Mudcats. And – Kemp Alderman's dad was actually my coach. So, little Kemp ran around with us everywhere. Um, but the biggest one I, I grew up playing with, the at this time, they're the East Coast Sox now. But at that time, they were the East Coast Grays. And we were the original East Coast team. And we played – on my team was Brent Rooker, Cole Gordon, Pete Alonzo, um, Alex Gosser, who called at um, – 
called he called at Arkansas. Uh, Taylor Proats, who was short stuff at Alabama. Stack Coker, second baseman in Alabama. Uh, so we were we were pretty loaded, and that was during the time of the when you go to East Cobb and and you played all of that, all those tournaments all summer long. Um, basically, did that my whole ninth through twelfth grade, um, all those years, all those summers. Thing. Well, how cool would it have been if we would actually had to play against each other? I probably would have. I don't think we ever. I don't did. know if I didn't really get to play much because all those guys on the team went Division One, High Power Five, and yeah. I was just the guy that would throw the the kind of the other games. So crafty, yeah, <laughs> the crafty the crap, lefty. I was the guy they were sending the stands to hand out the rosters before games. <laughs> the brochure guy. Yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> Then I would come to the game to like oh, every gosh. pool R1. Hey, uh, hey Rain, you let's see. Now. All right, cool. Yeah, it's, it's your turn. Your turn. Uh, let's see. I grew up. Uh, I played up with Cody a couple times on the Grinders. Uh, probably one of the best local teams me and Cody ever played on was the Storm. Uh, that was a pretty salty little group. Um. But then, uh, you know, after, you know, we kind of got to middle schoolish, uh, I quit playing with Cody and I started playing uh, with the junior toppers. And, you know, looking back, that team was pretty loaded, you know, when you, when you really sit down and think about it. Daniel Norris played for the, got drafted, uh, was supposed to go first round, he went second round, first pick. Uh, Will Carter, uh, I mean, you know, Will got drafted by the Yankees. Joe Ganger played uh, college. Sam Tarleton played college. Oh, I'm probably missing some names. Ty Shipley, uh, Zach Thompson. Uh, I mean, names can go on and on and on. Uh, that group was pretty salty because, you know, we had a head-to-head with, like, uh, the Knoxville Stars were back good back then. And I had Nicky Delmonico and uh, Philip Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer played at Vandy and Delmonico, obviously, uh, I think he ended up going to Florida State. I can't really really remember where he went, but he got drafted. Uh, from there, I uh, would pick up a couple times. One group that I kind of picked up with the most uh, for like a couple tournaments was the Evo Show Canes before the Canes were the Evo Show Canes. We were just the Canes. And I'm kind of, I pulled up their roster of all the guys that were on that team with me. And you have, uh, let's see, Dylan Maples, Devin Reed, Joshua Tobias, Jake Cave, Tyler Beatty, uh, Bradley Strong, Nick Thompson, Kyle Martin. You know, you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, like, uh, Evan Beal. Uh, you know, I really didn't know it at the time, but well, I guess we were pretty good. Uh, from there, I played uh, with the Upstate Mavericks out of South Carolina. Um, Chris and all of them do an excellent job. Um, still got going on. Got the opportunity to coach with them. Uh, backstory on Kirby. Uh, we were I was coaching 18U group one time, Will. And uh, we got to Orwell Bat, and we were not doing good. So we had to play some, like, it was like the fifth game of the bracket, and we had zero pitching. Like, I'm talking nothing. And we were playing Triton Rays, number one seed out of our group. This is when Triton Rays were really, really good. And Dad was like, well, we're coming to watch. And I said, well, I need Kirby to pitch. And Dad was like, nah, <laughs> he's not pitching. I was like, Dad, like, 
we're going to get run rolled. I needed him to pitch at least one inning. And he was like, well, we'll see. And I remember Kirby warming up. Were you like 13, maybe? How old was he now? Like 13, maybe? 13 or 14. Yeah, playing 18 you. And I remember I told the catcher, I was like, whatever you do, do not let him get killed. Whatever you do, do not let him get killed. And I think he went like breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball, strike three. Upper, up fastball, breaking ball, breaking ball, strike three. I think he struck out the sign. I was like, I think you're done. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, you're done. You're not pitching anymore. So. That did happen. So. Side note, side note, Will's dad played in the NBA. Let's go ahead and let that everybody know that real quick, too. <laughs> no, he played in the, Will's dad played in the NBA. He played for the Supersonics. <laughs> so we're going to put you on the spot, guys. What do you think of the coaching staff at UT? And I know uh, both of you have met Coach Anderson. Um Kevin's at least stalled. Hey, Will's got a story. Will's got one. And you, you know of the other guys, so give us that. I do. I do have a story. Um, I have the one time I talked to Coach Anderson. Um, really nice guy. He was actually recruiting one of our guys at Woods Mississippi State. Um. Seems like he's a very knowledgeable, smart guy. Um, really enjoyed my time talking with him, the 15, 20 minutes that we got to talk. Um, funny story on Coach V. Um, we're sitting there at uh, Hoover, and we're sitting there watching the 17-year-olds, and, and we're just standing beside each other. I wasn't going to say anything. He looks at me. He said, what age are these kids? I said, they're 17. He, he starts saying some choice words. And he was not very happy with Coach Elander that had sent him a day early. Um, so he got on the phone right there and started calling him every word in the book because he was yeah, watching the team. He was waiting on the 14 Because nobody hey, recruits 17-year-olds hey, anymore. So that's the only interaction I've gotten. <laughs> no, it was just it was, it was it was just JUCO guys out there. And that's why I was kind of wondering. I was like, what is Coach Vitello doing here? And then he asked. I said, Coach, uh, they start tomorrow. Uh, let's see. I got to talk to Coach Anderson when he was recruiting Colby for baseball here at Northeast. I talked to him a little bit. He's a very quiet human being, I feel like. Very smart. Uh, coach Elander, I like I like the way he coaches. I kind of do some same things. I coach third a little bit. Uh, so I kind of watch him a little bit during the games, uh, but I me, mean, Coach V, come on now, it's Coach V. That's my guy. That's our guy. Uh, yeah, I don't think I think he knows who I am. I don't think he knows my name. I think he knows I'm the uh, Hawaiian shirt guy, and then Kirby's brother. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all he knows of me. Uh, I I think he's probably got you on a list. <laughs> Of uh, <laughs> stalkers, or we were in Starkville, and he was the only one yelling. I know he got back on that bus and said, "Kirby, can you please tell your brother to be quiet?" <laughs> hey, I do have the one of only uh, Vitello Kirby signed Volley Fingers hats. It's up above my uh, TV at my room, my house. <laughs> yeah, one of only. You are might sell it someday. 
The Hawaiian shirt. The Hawaiian shirt was the greatest thing we ever did. Yeah, you are easy to pick out on national television. Thank you. That's what I thought. At Academy, if they want to sponsor us. Yeah. I, I don't think they want to sponsor you. Me and Kevin do wear their pants to work every day. Hey, BCGs, that's, that's baby. Good. BCGs. Uh, I know you guys have kept up with the Vols, um, especially for the past two or three years. Uh, what are your expectations for the team in 2023? And what are the what about the entire SEC? I think I missed some. Don't fall out. I got us going 40 and six. 40 and six. I think I missed 10 games somewhere. Yeah, there, there's 10 more somewhere. <laughs> Play 56. Yeah. Yeah, I'm missing Tim. Um, in my opinion, I think the balls are probably going to be right back on track. Um, I know they lost a lot, um, lost some key players, but just watching the recruiting class in the transfer portal just over the summer, um, Coach Vitale looked like he got right back into recruiting mode and it picked up right where they all left off. Um, really excited to watch y'all, um, especially with your starting pitching coming back. That's a key thing. Um, most guys, Kirby, y'all, y'all bringing all three back, aren't y'all? Yes, we have all three starters and then, like, three or four relievers. Yeah, so, I mean, that's where, in my opinion, which I'm a pitching coach, but you win by your pitching and defense. Um, that's where most of your wins come from. And with y'all being able to hit like y'all did last year, I think y'all are going to just pick up right where y'all left off. Um, in the SEC in the whole, it's just going to be another dominant year. Hopefully Mississippi State has a better year. Um, just watching them over the fall, they picked up a lot of transfer transfer portal guys. Um, they're going to have a lot of new faces on the field. Um, Ole Miss, same exact way. They lost a lot, a lot of people off that national championship team. Um, but those are the only really teams I keep up with around the SEC. Vanderbilt's going to be Vanderbilt. Arkansas's going to be Arkansas. So it's probably another dominant year by the SEC. Yeah, I'll say – Oh, yeah, LSU stacked. LSU stacked, LSU stacked, um, LSU stacked everything. The story. Um, I heard this from a, a coach that did not get the pitching coach job at LSU. That um, an older man walked into the office of Jay Johnson and said, I only have a few more years to live. His $5 million. He'll get me players that can win us a national championship in a couple of years. So uh, I think that was happened. That happened with Tommy Tanks and um, Christian Little and all the guys that they went and got. And they still got they still got legendary Trey Borden. Oh, yeah. That's Kirby's nemesis. That and what's his Kirby's daddy from Alabama? I forgot his name. Sam Prater. Is that his name? The yeah. catcher. Yeah. Oh, that's your daddy. He doesn't go there anymore, so it's okay. Thank the Lord. See, if you pay attention to the balls, he doesn't play anymore. He didn't play last year either. Well, you yeah, got he lucky. Just pays, he just pays attention to Kirby. Yeah, uh, I'll say like I said last year, I didn't think I didn't think we were going to hit at all. Well, obviously I was wrong about that. Uh, but uh, watched y'all at uh, Jackson. I think your non-conference schedule is pretty easy, so you'll rack up some wins there. Uh, you know, I think we'll find out how good we are when you go. Uh, you open up at Missouri. You know, 
Well, technically, again, we open up in Arizona. Again. Well, yeah, technically, yeah. But that don't that, that stuff don't count though. Yeah. I I think you'll. Oh, uh, but that's you'll you'll have a real quick view of what you've got. But I think the catch is when you talk about losing and the turnover. When you lose, in essence, seven of your eight fielders and one of those changing positions. Now, several got some playing time last year, at least hitting. But I've, I've said all along that's going to be the catches. Yeah. Can they, I, I totally agree. Can can they can figure it, it out as a team? They can pitch it. But but that pitching staff, that pitching staff is going to – or to keep them in every is, ball game. Instead of the 22 balls and 23 balls, is, uh, they were known for the power and they were known for the hitting the home runs. Um, they may have to play more of the defense and the pitching side of the ball this year to win games, which they – totally capable of doing that that may be more of a three to nothing game instead of the 23 to nothing games that they were used to last year i do like those games though like those games so talk to us about the recruiting process from a coach's point of view what are you looking for in a player how do you go about that yeah the first uh, so for us, it's very difficult at this level. Um, mainly for the fact that on the softball side, you get 24, uh, scholarships or 24 players. Now that's not even full. That's, uh, we cover tuition fees. Um, so it's about $1,800 a semester is what we can give somebody. Um, and it, but it's not that much to go to school here. Um, I mean, for the most part, uh, we'll carry anywhere from 20 to 23 players, um, most of those are on Pell Grant. Most of those have high ACT scores. Um, so the majority of our kid doesn't pay anything to go to school here. Um, but the tough part is you're having to rebuild a team every year. Um, where are some JUCOs, red shirt and stuff like that? Um, we're just not the type that does that. Um, you know, I, don't, I still don't understand how they do that and keep them eligible. But for here, for us on the softball side, um, you got them for two years and they're moving on. Uh, to play at the next level and or to start their career, which is very tough. So you're bringing in um, 12 players a year um, is what you're trying to – 10 to 12. Um, you have a – you get a little chart that you put together and um, try to stick to it, and sometimes it don't work out. Um, but, you know, Mississippi um, – what's different about Mississippi, and I might be wrong about saying this, but kids in Mississippi uh, love going Chuco. Like, they're okay with it. There's nothing wrong with going to go at all. But it's like, they'll they'll commit as sophomores to go JUCO. Whereas, you know, other states, they're not committing to their senior year to go JUCO, at least for softball. So. I know, baseball standpoint, um, we, how, I, how, how we work it is, basically, if, you, if you're used to fantasy football, if you play fantasy football, you have your four wide receivers, your your two running backs, stuff like that. That's kind of how I set up our recruiting board. Um, for example, I know we try to go get 12 pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, four all-around guys, um, two catchers. We have 24 slots, um, scholarship slots, and we have 35 on roster. So those those 11 
walk-on guys or we either try to get academically. Maybe they have a high ACT where we doesn't have to use a scholarship on them, um, and it's the exact same thing as a baseball scholarship. Or we try to find local guys that we think can help the program. Um, my philosophy is that more pitchers the better. Um, Mr. Jeff, you've been around baseball so much that you know um, you can never have enough pitching because um, you'll have – my philosophy is you'll have 20 arms, you'll have three that go down with injury, four are going to suck, and then you got the rest of them, and that's what you got. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's a t- typical college uh, pitching staff right there. Um, so – but on the other side of the, the offensive side, we kind of have categories. We try to fit them in. Um, we have the runners. We try to go get um, – we have four categories. We try to fit them in. Uh, the runners, the hitters, the bombers, then just we call them the grinders. Uh, so we try to go get guys that fit in that category. Um, just to kind of – we kind of stole this from Ole Miss and uh, Matt Deggs back in, the, back in the day. They call it the pack, the wolf pack. Everybody has a job in the offense. We always try to fit something in that in the wolf pack, basically, and find something that they can do really well. Um, for example, our leadoff guy Kyle Holiday, he's he if lucky he'll hit one out of the ballpark with a hundred mile per hour wind blowing, but he's going to run a six three, six four, sixty, and every single time he gets on. But on the opposite side, we got Jackson Owen that's going to Mississippi State. He's going to run fifteen to sixteen out of the ballpark. Um, so we're we're not heavy hitters, by, but we're not also small ball type. So we just try to fit kind of what fits in our puzzle piece. So how do you prepare them? Or I know a huge part of a JUCO coach is uh, to remain successful, you've got to be yep. moving guys on because yep. if not, yep. people exactly. don't want to come there. And so just building relationships, do y'all have – like I know Ole Miss, Mississippi State are probably two of your biggest that you're trying to get them to in the Power Five. But like different schools that you have relationships with and then you don't have to name them. Are there those that you just pretty much refuse to help a kid go to? There are those. Um, well, back on relationships, there the biggest thing is having relationships with the Power Fives or the D1 levels um, just so they can trust you because – with their dead periods and all that and our, how our fall schedule works, so they're on dead period during our fall schedule. So they're not even allowed to come watch them. Um, so they having that relationships with a Division One coach is key because they have to be able to trust you. And um, what's helped us in the past is having good players move on to that school that became even better players when they got there. So there's like, oh, well, they sent us this guy. Maybe they have the same guy coming to us. Um we also have those schools like um, we're kind of building that relationship with Mississippi State a little bit. Um, we've sent them Colby, and now we're sending Jackson Irwin. Um, and f- knock on wood, hopefully we're still the first call when they have a guy wanting to transfer out or they think a guy that needs to go from JUCO, we're the first call. Um, so hopefully we can hang on to that relationship. Um, but there's also those schools that you don't even think about calling ever um, because they – Either one has never even thought about recruiting your player or sometimes they think they're too good for GCOs. Now, they're very rarely, um, but there are there's one 
an hour away from here mm-hmm. that is like that that we we don't understand why they don't come over here to Mississippi and get get all their players. Yeah. On the softball side, it's it's you know it's tough to send a kid to uh, Ole Miss or State. Now again, don't get me wrong. If you look at the roster, they have a couple of them, but the softball, you know, Power Five, they live out in California. Um, now I'm not saying we haven't sent someone there before. Um, but for us, we try to live in that mid-major Division One, that Austin P, that Middle Tennessee State, uh, North Alabama, uh, that powerhouse Division Two. You know, when you have Mobile, uh, when you have Mississippi College, Delta State, um, and then even into that NAIA, which is very successful around us, uh, Bethel, William Carey, uh, you know, other schools like that. Um, like for us right now, uh, one of our All-American pitchers, Cassidy Duskin, just signed with North Alabama. On the flip side, North Alabama uh, told a 2024, uh, hey, you need to go Northeast for two years, and then we'll take you. So we picked up a stud 2024 commit last week because North Alabama told her to come here. So um, you get that a little bit. Um, what helps, I guess, me and Will a little bit more than others is we coach travel ball. Um, yeah. So I'm in the I'm in the craze organization, and then Will's on the East Coast. And that, I think that's really beneficial, also for us, is because like the team we have now. Um, I say shoot, we just for example, we just picked up a player that um, is transferring from Northwest Florida State that I've known since he's in eighth grade, and that was his first call just because he was excited to come play with his teammates that he grew up playing with again. Um, so having that. Having that travel ball um, relationship really helps too, because um, that's that's where that's where summer ball is going. Um, that's where everybody's playing. That um, Legion ball is kind of big around here. It's not as big as South Carolina, but um, but it's everybody's playing some type of travel ball now or uh, showcase ball, I guess. So having those relationships with those guys are also huge. I think that's awesome. Just being able to have those relationships with coaches and also to have the relationships with, you know, being able to coach uh, travel ball and have the relationship with the players too helps in the long run. So absolutely, when you go back, let's go back in time um, to when you both were playing, who would you say is the toughest competitor you've played against? Or we can go in talking about coaching. Who's the toughest coach you've had to coach against? Toughest coach. Uh, I'm trying to think player wise. Will's got a bruise from some kid from Bandy. Yeah. Uh, well, just I mean, toughest player wise, I would probably have to say. Um, he he's he's actually the he's the third baseman for the Phillies now. Uh, the Bo Boehm, um, Alec Boehm for um, the Phillies. He played for Wichita State, and we play them every year because they're only four hours away. He now I've seen him go over four and I've seen him go four for four with three bombs, but he was so competitive. I've never seen a kid that competitive, and that's probably why he's there today, um, where he is and was third round draft pick. But he was just one of those that you see, just kind of like the Michael Jordans, the that Kobe Bryant said he was just built different. Um, ground out to the pitcher, he's he's running a four one down the line. Just because, or he he flies out the center field. He's he's sliding into second base. 
he's just one of those kids. And he kind of – he caught me off guard because I've never seen anything like that. Coaching-wise, um, probably one of the most competitive I've seen is he's in our league in Mississippi. His name is uh, Neil Holloman. And he's just probably one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. We joke about it. We said this. I was telling the story yesterday um, about one of his assistants, his really good friends. They had him on Christmas Day out there cutting grass and edging. Um, That's just kind of the worker he is. Um, He never takes a day off, not even on Christmas. Um, But those those were the two guys that pop up in my head first. Uh, I I mean, I've played against a couple of them. I mean, that's literally you always get to play those midweek games. Colin Moran was pretty good uh, from North Carolina. I don't know who he's with now. Uh, probably one of the best ones that I played four years against was Tanner English from South Carolina. Uh, probably the fastest kid I've ever seen play. He had a flare. We were playing at home one night. He had a flare over the first place of his head for a double. And I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, just stay at first. It's, it's okay. I know you're going to steal second. Um, probably coach-wise, it was cool to watch, uh, what's the guy from South Carolina? Is it Ray Tanner? Yeah. It was cool to watch him yeah. coach, uh, just because, like, you, I remember playing there, like, you couldn't hear anything, because the fans were so loud, and then next thing you know, like, this little guy steps to the top step and whistles, and everybody just stops talking. Um, but probably the coach against probably Andy Kirk from Minnewamba. I beat him one time uh, in the seven years I've coached against him. Uh, he's just he he's very he's, he'll scout you and know everything about every player, even your bench players. He knows everything about them. Uh, his kids play hard. Um, you know he retired this past season, so hopefully, hopefully we can get some wins. <laughs> but yeah. All right, so what would you say the best gift you've ever received? Don't say the gift of life. That doesn't count. <laughs> uh, definitely, um, I, I remember this because it was just – I think it was a good gift just because it was such a good family trip. Like I said, I'm a Mississippi State fan, and we went through droughts from like 2000 to 2010 in football where they would go win two to three games a year. Um, in 2010, uh, we had the, the great Dan Mullen come in, and he took um, Mississippi State to Jacksonville to the Gator Bowl for the first time in 10 years they went to a bowl game. And so my parents surprised me with Gator Bowl tickets, and we took that trip and went, got to go watch Michigan. Um, and that was probably one of the most memorable gifts I've ever received. Yeah, I, I'm a, I like – like uh. I remember we went to Key West one time. That was a fun trip. I guess is that is that is that a gift? I guess you can say yeah. Uh, I think probably my my most memory one was like an opportunity to watch y'all in Omaha. That was fun. That was a you're welcome. That was a trip. You know, it wasn't the twenty two hours you spent yeah, there? Yeah, I didn't get to spend twenty four hours there. You know, but it was fun though. You know, being a part of that drive home wasn't fun, but you know. <laughs> and I was probably being also a Mississippi State fan. The biggest I forgot about. I don't even know why I didn't say this. You're but not a true fan. Parents gift to me. True fan. Yeah, parents gift to me with uh, national championship tickets. So hey, I got to go watch go watch Mississippi State play in the national championship. So 
probably another really great memory. So, Will, uh, Leach yeah. passing away. It was very unexpected. Uh, we we kind of knew the we we knew he was sick. Um, he battled pneumonia um, all all the season. Um, we heard rumors that he may be retiring at the end of the bowl game, just because of health reasons. I think uh, also rumors that he had some heart condition um, that he wasn't that wasn't out to the public, um, but. Him passing like that was very, very unexpected. Um, it's kind of shaking the whole state of Mississippi. I'm sure Kevin can see on Twitter or um, on Facebook. It's it's all over just the support that um, they have for that man just because there will never be another one like him. Um, uh, yeah, I'll say the SEC because even on, you know, I'm a Ball Nation baseball guy, so I don't go on the football and all the other – Ball Nation stuff, but even on the Ball Nation baseball one, it was uh, several tributes to him Absolutely. today when it kind of um, came out. But you're right, though. I know there's nobody be. like him ever. No, and there, there'll never be another. There'll never be another Mike Leach, and I think that's why he's so beloved in the game of game of football, just because just because of his character, but also what he's done for the sport and creating the air raid. If you look now, like at the professional level. Um, that's just kind of where the game's going to with uh, just with the, some form or fashion of the air raid. Um, and so that's kind of credit to Mike Leach for creating that back in at Ball State back in the day. So we ask this every week to some extent to the players, but what is the craziest superstitions or routines that you have seen a player do Either before a game, day of a game, on the field, on the mound, when they come up to bat, in the dugout, whatever. I don't know about a player, but I can tell you about our head coach at Central Arkansas. He had to, at 11.45 a.m. every single game day, he had to eat a turkey sandwich with two pieces of cheese on it. Every single game day. It could not change. And if we lost that Friday, if we lost Friday, he would go no cur- no turkey, just cheese. He said the turkey was bad juju. <laughs> and if we won on Saturday, he got his turkey back. And so that was one of the weirdest. He was okay. a weird character. Um, I loved him. I went. I'm so glad I got to play for him. But did um, every road trip. That's why I will not eat a turkey sandwich the rest of my life. It's just because we ate turkey sandwiches every single road game because for his superstition at 11:45. It don't matter if we played at 12. He was we were, our in and out was going to be late till he ate his turkey sandwich. <laughs> Actually, Coach Jordan uh, at the Citadel, he would literally if the game started at like seven o'clock and BP started was at five normally. Like three o'clock, he's standing there with his like he's full dress at the top step, because the one thing he loved to do was watch them uh, fix the field. Like you'd walk in, hey coach, what's going on? Oh, they're doing such a great job. Look at the drag, you know. Look at the look at the water. It's like what the heck. But I will say, I park in the same spot every time at home games. I park in the same spot, and then on road games. Me and Bobby always have to have two uh, bottle of Cokes on the van. I mean, on the bus. So. I you don't have know to drink two of them. 
Yeah, we got one for the way and one for the way home. Yeah. All right. So you don't you don't pull the Richie Harrelson and go six pack on the way and six pack on the no, way back. No, I'm not drinking that many. No, Bobby might would if he could, but he he's not that bad. But I will park in the same spot in the back corner of the uh, parking lot every game. Okay, Dad, do you want to do speed round? Right, yeah, I'll do speed what, round. I was just wondering. Let's see what the, let's see what they'll answer. All right. So, yeah, who wants to go? So first? who wants to go I first? first. All, right. All right, here we go. Okay, Will. Here we go. We're going to speed round. Your quickest answer. What's your favorite food? Steak. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite candy? Reese's. Non-baseball player athlete? Michael Jordan. Favorite song? Ooh. Uh, that's tough. I don't know. Uh, probably, I guess, Beautiful Crazy Wedding Song. Ah, you answer that one. Nice one. Oh, how Your wife's going to be happy about that answer. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Cake or pie? Cake. Best hitting pitcher you've ever known? Ooh, I would say myself, but that's not true. Um, probably Brandon Woodruff hitting a, hitting a bomb off Kershaw in the playoffs. Okay. All right, Kev. Will, we're going to have the same answers. Favorite food? Chicken Alfredo. Favorite color? Red. Favorite candy? Kit Kat. Favorite non-baseball player athlete? I like Michael Jordan, too. Favorite song? Different by Micah Tyler. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. But I'd much rather have a Mountain Dew. Cake or pie? Mississippi mud pie. Every day at lunch. <laughs> Best hitting pitcher. Oh, me That's for sure. Cat. So, I dropped tanks. So, Will, I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you. When he was in high school, they, it was a, a country school. And so their Shout FFA out David stuff. Boo. Shout out David Boone. <laughs> yeah. So their their FFA section was right beyond right field. <laughs> they had their own and, FFA section, like farm. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm saying that's that's where the animals were. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the animals were. Come on. He hits a home run and knocks this goat out. <laughs> like we literally thought he killed the goat. With a baseball. Granted, Hit it Daniel right in the Boone f- in right field. Well, it just in general, it's 300 in the corners and 350 dead center. Well, you hey, don't have to say that. It People don't know that. You don't have to say that. That's not my fault. It's better than playing at Unicoi where it's 225 <laughs> hey, all the way around. Short Uh, no, Uni- Unicoi is not even a short porch. Unicoi, <laughs> yeah. how big did you say it was? I think it's 300 all the way around. No, it's not. There's no way. May- I said maybe. There's, there's a house sitting on the other side of the road, Will, in left field. 
and I don't remember. I think Kevin had hit a couple, maybe I hit three out. two. I hit three out hit, that one game. He'd already hit two, and they tried to pitch him. Rather than walk him, they just tried to pitch him away. <laughs> and, and he hit one, oppo, and hit this house like 100 foot beyond the fence. <laughs> but I will say the fence is short, short. I should have answered. They, I didn't think about this. I should have answered my favorite hitting pitcher is Kirby. But then I thought about no. the time he came down. Well, let me finish. The time he came down to Mississippi during COVID, and he lost me and Kevin in the hitting I did game not record. lose. That is true. And that so is, you lost. Is true. And you got so mad. And you started hitting, true. hitting from the right side so you could yep. get more points. You wouldn't let me hit this from the right true. side. This is true. Yeah, because it was too easy. So you started hitting from the right side. So you started cheating. Yep. Uh-huh. We can hit Will. Hey, let's not forget this, guys. Will is Gatorade Player of the Year. For state of Mississippi, let's not forget that either. I had a very good high school senior year. You didn't ask him about his accolades. We don't need them. <laughs> they don't. They don't need to know it. He won a state championship in tennis. <laughs> I did do that. The only sport I didn't care about. Hey, that works. You win some, you lose some. This this yeah. man's like a six sport athlete. He ran cross country in high school too. <laughs> I wouldn't call it running. Uh, our, 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 our baseball coach was the cross country coach. Also, my mom was the booster club president, so I had the key to the locker room, and our trail would run right by the locker room in baseball. So I would run in there, and I would unlock. I take my mom's key, and I lund out the locker room. I sit there for about twenty minutes, and after that, I throw some water on my face, and I finish running. <laughs> <laughs> I did it every single day. I probably didn't even run. I was supposed to run three miles every day. I probably didn't run a quarter of a mile. I did it every single day because he made us run cross country. Huh. All right. So it's one of those. I'll show you. Yeah. We always ask this question. Um, most of the time we get the same answer. A lot of people have different answers. Dad usually changes his answer almost every single week. Um, but what is your favorite baseball movie and why? Ooh. You want a tearjerker uh, or are we like a, I think I'm going like, just because I, I watched it recently and I forgot how good it is. And I've, me and Kevin, I'm saying it before Kevin because we're going to say the same thing. Um, I, I'm going to have to say The Rookie. Um with Jim oh, Morris, that story, um, and I've done some research on that. Um, but just watching watching that brings back good memories, um, and just watching the back, listen to the backstory, how mostly it's true. Now him throwing to a speedometer on the road wasn't true, but mostly everything to that movie to a T is pretty true. So that's that's probably one of my favorites. But I also can't go wrong with Sandlot. That's all time. Had to watch it on Fourth of July every single year. Well, I can imagine you being the guy that sits up and starts the movie. It was a start at like at the fire, like at the certain spot, and the fireworks will go off at midnight. Oh yeah, I've tried to set that up, and I've tried to set that up on uh, the Avengers movie. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the rookie's such a great movie too, though. You know, when he runs down the field. Ah. 
don't know. That makes you want to tear up every time. Uh, that's a good movie. I like Major League. I think it's funny. Oh my that is a good one. Bull Durham. What's your oh, also bull- the guy that you're the guy that cries at Miracle every single time. Hey, time. you're the you're hey, the guy come that on. cries it in Glory Road. Come on, those are great great movies. Disney will freaking make you cry. Every you time, it a million times, and it, I'm yeah. like, Kevin, you're about to cry, and you're like, "Yeah, I am." Then you start crying. It, Makes you tear up, so man. Soft. I mean, yeah. go. I mean, just watch any Disney freaking. Remember the Titans? I watched Are you the Santa me? Claus, all three of them, the other day, and I didn't cry. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, series? <laughs> yes, I knew where this was going. <laughs> yeah, With Peyton Man. Yeah, I wish he would have been Santa. So, Dad, you going to change your answer this week? Uh, Oh. Yeah, what you got, Dad? What's yours? Nah, I'm saying Moneyball. Oh, Uh, Moneyball. That's a good one. That's a good one. It just takes so long. (laughs) It's the exact same length of every single movie. I don't know. You know, you, there's just parts of that movie you're like, ugh, Brad Pitt, what are you doing? I mean, then you got The Natural. That's a good movie. I can't stand that one. Uh-uh. You don't I'm like The Natural? Out. I'm out of the year. Is that the one where yeah. it's in his arm? Yeah. <laughs> What's the one, um, oh, Little Big League, um, where where the kids, the, the coach the of, the, of the twins... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He he owner. Hey, hey, if you hit a home run here, <laughs> yeah. you can marry my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken Griffey, that's the only movie that Ken Griffey Jr. is the freaking evil person on the movie because he robs him. <laughs> oh, Major League. Bull Durham's such a classic one. You know, I always, I always think about. I always think about making mound business and just having the conversation. Breathing through like your that. eyes. Because that actually does happen in real Breathing life. Breathing through your eyelids. I make mound business just to have conver- just to have conversations like that so sometimes. Do- I still haven't figured out your mound visit yet because you're the hitting coach. And so you come out get, to visit with your pitcher. I get bored in the dugout sometimes. <laughs> I, think, I think it's one of those, Kirby. <laughs> you haven't had the luxury of seeing them. Mr. Jeff has. And I don't think I'm exaggerating here. Kevin comes out and he hypes up the fans, waves to the crowd. He wants his own walkout song when he comes to the mound. So I think it's it's kind of <laughs> a show when Kevin comes to the mound. But hold on, Dad. Can we please tell the story? Will, I know I'm throwing a jab at you right here. Tell the story about Southeastern Louisiana and you wearing which, the pants. Which one? Oh, the, all the <laughs> – Dude. All the times I got made fun of because I'm a bigger guy. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell a couple of them. Um, the worst one is at Southeastern Louisiana. I'll save that one for last. Um, but we're at um, Sam Houston State, and we're playing, and they have a ruthless student section. It's right over the dugout. And I come up the pitch. I'm starting this game. And first pitch, I hear one guy go through the uh, Pillsbury Doughboy, the <laughs> Crowd, crowd starts laughing. Um, so, next pitch I throw, there's about five more people. Woohoo! By the time I get to the second batter, the whole crowd, and there's there's at least two or 3,000 people there, the whole crowd 
but probably my mom is doing the woohoo every pitch I threw. Needless to say, I got knocked out in the third. I was so rattled. I could not handle it. Um, <laughs> Southeastern Louisiana. We, I'm, I'm closer. This is my senior. I'm the closer at this point. Ooh. And so they're very nice people at Southeastern Louisiana. They have a daiquiri bar and a margarita bar from me to shoot. It's five feet from the away bullpen. And it's a four foot fence. So they basically could touch you and all that. It's just like playing at LSU, how close it is. Um, that's how it is. And so these drunk is a drunk fat man. Every single time I threw a pitch, one tubby tubby. <laughs> this is me warming up. Two tubby tubby. I said, golly, I got to get out of here. This is brutal. So they call me. I get called into the game. I was like, thank you. I'm leaving this bullpen. Well, that was just the start. I wish I could, it would have stopped there. I'm running in, and over the loudspeakers, it goes, oompa, loompa, doopity-doo. As I'm running in, I say, like, this is great. And so, backstory, I forget my pants. We're wearing white pants, and I forget <laughs> my pants at the hotel. And so, I had to borrow our bullpen catchers. That is the size of a twig. He, he's probably six foot, 130 pounds. So, I had to wear his pants. They're so tight, I can't even buckle them. I can't, like, I can't put them together. So, my belt is holding them together. So just imagine those white pants running out, and I get there, I get on the, I get on the mound, and they come over the jumbotron. It's the World Feral Saturday Night Live. Set. I got my tight pants on. I got my tight pants on. Um, Needless to say, I blew that save, and we lost that game. Kirby, what's the worst? What's the worst? Um, he gets it more from me than anybody. How about what's the worst you've ever um, gotten? Well, the most recent one is I am. So we're in Jackson. We're playing against Memphis in the fall scrimmage. And I don't throw the entire first game, and V tells me I'm starting the second game. So as soon as I go to leave the bullpen, I know Kevin's there. I see him. I was warming up. He was standing above the bullpen. As soon as I leave the bullpen, I hear, Give him hell! And it's from my older brother. And then, I think the mo- another one is we're at Mississippi State, and I come in with the bases loaded, no outs, and it's like a one nothing, two nothing game, and I get up there, and all of a sudden it's just like completely silent, and Kevin screams. <laughs> I don't know what he screams, but I start like kind of like chuckling. <laughs> And I like tried not to laugh, but I tried not to balk either because I didn't want to like, you know, that would have been terrible. I'd have balked in the run. Um, but the worst from like a fan section, um, I think was Ole Miss. They threw rocks at us when we were in the bullpen. It did not feel good. Yeah. Um, but the Mississippi State, the Mississippi guys. State fans were pretty funny. I'm not, I'm not a fan of them. I didn't get to. I will say that the most fun I've ever had heckling was heckling you, um, and no fun. one knew who I was. No one knew who I was, and I was actually wearing my state shirt that day. And so I knew you could hear me in the dugout. And when I started talking about your PlayStation skills, all those people were like, 
who is this guy? And you turned around and looked. I said, get your ears out and stand rabbit ears. And they started laughing. I said, this is awesome. It's so much fun, though. You know? And you, the funny part was, I think your teammates started realizing, like, they, we knew each other. And so they started joining in on it. And that was the best part. Little do they know that I'd beat them in anything. I think that's, that is the best part about being a – that's the best part of being a fan is yelling at your own people. You know, even when they come in the game, here comes the flame. Nobody thrower. does that except you. I know, but it's fun though. I was, yeah, I was say I don't know if I've ever yelled at my own team. <laughs> I've yelled at the other other team, but I've never yelled at my own team. Well, I mean, I don't really yell at it. It's more like, hey, good oh, job. You yell. It, everybody in the whole stand can hear Coach V. That's my guy. Twenty-one. <laughs> that's my guy. That's my guy. Three-five. You know, uh, let's four see. six will not be with us. We won't. We don't have. Uh, we don't have force. Uh, well, he's in the coach. He's in the coaching sure. realm, though. I did yell at him at Jackson. He was eating Cheetos, and Coach Anderson's eating popcorn. And I said Cheetos aren't good for you. Right. Uh, the Muffin Man. People don't know about the Muffin Man yet. People know about the Muffin Man, Kevin. People Muffin don't. Man. They don't know about the Muffin Man. That's a. That's a. Yes, he's been on here. Well, we but, have already gone through the Muffin Mat. Well, I mean, but people don't really know him, though. Everybody uh, knows the Muffin Mat. It's Xander. Xander. Oh, is that the guy that does this? The, yeah, shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. You need to see his pre, pre-pitch routine now. It's when, funny. You've been following the Vols. What has been your favorite moment with Tennessee baseball? Um, I would, I mean, I, I enjoy the balls because honestly, cause you're on there, Kirby. Um, so I'll probably say the biggest, the most fun I've watched is either you, probably, probably you versus Florida. Gosh. That, that game you pitched versus Florida. I'm sitting in my living room and my wife don't, she's like, don't even know what's going on. And that you got a really big strikeout and I yelled at the top of my life, let's go. And my like, what are you watching? I'm watching Kirby. But just watching you uh, pitch versus Florida is probably one of my favorite well, thank memories. You. I, I get goosebumps every time. I ain't going to lie. I can't hold myself back. I get so nervous. Why? I'll walk around freaking – I don't know. I, I'll walk around the freaking stadium. I don't know. Ooh, or, the, or the bomb. The, the, I can't remember. Is it a three-run or a grand slam versus Grand State Slam. Grand slam. Legendary. That was another great one. I don't know. There's been so many good memories, though. Like the double that uh, – who did the double last year against Georgia Tech? That was awesome. When you see the whole freaking uh, dugout come out and do the 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 double. uh, Yeah, that was good. How how do you do it? Can you show us? Uh, How do you do it? Can you show us? It's like, ooh. So wrong. It's okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm with it. Florida was freaking. I got hyped that freaking game. I got pumped. so. So Kevin, I'm gonna ask you when. So when we were in Missouri, and you came to visit, you got offended. So are you over that because now you are definitely Kirby's brother, 
Kirby is not Kevin's brother. I think it's still the other way around. No, I do no, not think so. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe in Boon, in Boonville, I mean, you Kasu, you know that may be the case. He's he's a king of Kasuf now. Uh, no, because the the all the cheerleaders in Kasuf know Kirby, so <laughs> there he is. There he is, Bailey's boyfriend. You are definitely. Kirby's brother, because when I introduce you or try to talk about Kevin, hey, you know Kirby Connell, the pitcher. Oh yeah, I know him. It's his brother. <laughs> that is true. I can't, I can't deny that, and I can't deny that I'm the assistant cheer coach either. <laughs> by the yeah, way, won no ring. Congrats. By the way, back to back state champions. Let's not forget about that. It's your first. It's your first. It's not first. You, did, her, you didn't do anything. All you did was just film. I didn't even film. I stood there. Probably the most nervous he's ever been. Oh my too. gosh, I was so nervous. I was freaking out. Freaking uh, out. So we're 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 gonna get towards the end of this because I know Will's got a a visit to go do or something job oriented. Yeah, something on that line. Can you talk to us about um, the portal and what are the long term ramifications of it? Just from your side of it, um, I know baseball side. It it's honestly helping us as JUCO getting the players because there's there's times I think there's some fringe guys that's either a D one or one of those guys you can't tell. Back in the day, three, four, five years ago, they're definitely a D one player. Now they're kind of on the fringe. Uh, D one JUCO guy can't really tell we're mostly getting those guys because they'll rather go look. Um, they'll rather go look for the portal and see what they got. Now, when it comes to um, getting our guys out to a Division One, it's kind of hurting us to a sense. I don't know if it's hurting us. It's kind of prolonging the process. Um, a lot of guys would be signed by now. Um, but now it's kind of one of those things they're going to wait till May, June, see what they can get from the portal first. And if they can't get anybody, they'll come to JUCO and see what they can get. Um, so, but I, th- I think it's definitely hurting those those fringe players that have a chance to play Division One straight out of high school. Um, they'll rather just kind of go get the portal guys and see what they can build from a team there. Uh, so it's helping us to a sense because we're getting those really good players. Um, so our league is just—it's already turned. Our league is probably one of the best leagues in the country. Um, they're spitting out SEC guys left and right. I think Kirby, you have one of them right now um, from from our league, and I think you're getting another one next year um, from Pearl River. And we got guys going to Mississippi State. Every team has guys going to Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So um, um, our league's really good. So it's kind of one of those things. The portal is helping us to a sense, but it, I can see where it's kind of hurting these high school kids. Also, so do you think it's good for baseball, college baseball? To a sense, yes, I, I do. Um, now I've seen like the old school mentality that my dad instilled in me, kind of coming out here. But there's no more waiting your turn, sitting your freshman sophomore year, waiting your turn to your junior year. I think this is more of as um, satisfy me now uh, culture. Um, my second baseman's not good right now, so I'm going to cut him and go get this mid-major All-American and bring him to so-and-so. Um, 
I think that's what it's kind of going to. So I think it's honestly hurting the mid-majors the worst. I've talked to a lot of mid-major teams that they're, they are not after, especially after this year, because um, of what happened. They are not sending their players to play summer ball because a lot of them, a lot of coaches, um, I'm not going to say who they are because uh, it's going to call them out, but they, they went and posted up in Cape Cod and they went to all these summer leagues. It's like, oh, well, that guy's good. Let me call him up. He's not going to want to play it. Middle Tennessee State anymore. He's going to want to come play for my SEC program. Um, so I think that's where it's kind of going is um, kind of the mid-majors. Somebody said it like this mid-majors for kind of coming to the minor leagues for the SEC, for the Power 5 schools. And it's crazy because the new one opened, what, a week ago? Eight yep. days ago? 400-plus yep. players already in it? Absolutely. And, so. and it's also back to the satisfaction now these kids aren't playing right away, so they want to go somewhere they can play right away instead of waiting their turn. Um, yeah, Trey, Trey for us was a freak. I mean, yeah. you look at nobody's nobody sits that long anymore um, and waits their turn. No, and it's, they they want to. What can what can you do for me now, really? And uh, I think nil um, is kind of getting like that in football. Um, I don't think it's really hurting baseball, but football. What can you pay me now? How much can you pay me now? Um, well, to a sip. I don't know. LSU was definitely, and yeah. I, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure it's happened to other places. I think LSU was just the everybody was open about it. They didn't try to hide it at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think it will rear its head at some point because there's no way somebody doesn't get offended when. You know, I've been here three years, and I've given all to this team, and then you're going to bring in some kid that only has one year of eligibility, and you're going to pay him $10,000, you know, to come Absolutely. play. And I, I, I think it's going to it's, it's going to help teams to a sense. Like, for example, Mississippi State, just because I follow them, they almost have a brand-new roster. Um, they, they had a, probably one of the worst hit years in, in history last year. They didn't make the SEC tournament. And I went and watched them this fall. I didn't recognize anybody's name. Um, they went, they went and hit the portal hard, and they got, they got some of the big time players um, from Sanford. I know uh, Ledbetter is going to be one of the top, top players in the nation just because of what he did at Sanford. And if he comes and does the same thing in Mississippi State, um, I mean, look at, um, uh, look at Sonny D at Auburn. Um, Sonny played at Sanford and. Had an amazing career. No one knew who he was. He goes to Auburn. He's one of the most popular players in the in America. I know the transfer portal has it's done a lot because there was another there's a guy that I know that immediately as soon as the transfer portal opened, he jumped into it and had calls from SEC schools literally that same day, just because of the fact that he was yep. at this certain school and they saw that he jumped in and he oh well. You know, if he's good enough to go there, then why not, why is he not good enough to come here? So he immediately jumped in there and got on calls, and I think he found the place he wanted to go. Um, he's ended up going JUCO, and then probably going to end up going somewhere else out of there. But um, I think it's it'll be good for him. Yeah. Um, I think it'll it'll help him get his uh, bearing straight. So, and I, and I'm not sure. I mean, to me, the the new one's kind of weird because. You can jump in it as of a week ago, but you still can't change schools. Or if you change schools, you're not eligible 
until next year. I mean, other than allowing you to get in the portal early, you know, I don't know that I see the benefit of it. Yeah, it sense. So, like, if you join in that early and you stay at your same school, as me as a coach, I'm thinking – I'm not playing I'm not you. Play, I'm not playing you. You don't want to be here. So I don't. Yeah. I don't see the benefits of joining in that early. Because, um, like you said, you go not go to the next. Now, unless it's just to put your name, you know, you're not going to play anyway. Um, or maybe get into the system and do practice all year. Well, the only thing I've heard is they <laughs> did it partly so that um, grad students. So if you're graduating this year. So let's say Brown University. Brown doesn't have a master's program. Um, they won't. And so all of their seniors that want to play again that aren't going to get drafted jump in it so that their name is already out there, you know, in May or June yeah. or this whole this whole time. You know, or if you had that great conversation last week and the coach said you know you're welcome to stay here but your services are no longer needed or you know you did not progress like we thought you would progress or fill in the blank with whatever uh that you know they're already telling you they're going to redshirt you in the spring so might as well go ahead and put your name out there and um kind of to a sense that's kind of what's happened with uh the kid we have coming um had the, had the exit meeting didn't really like what he wanted to hear um and i think it's kind of unpopular to red shirt now um so they well this isn't the kid we have today but we've had him on a visit but anyway he didn't like didn't like what he wanted to hear they told him we wanted to red shirt him and uh so he he entered the portal that day. Um, he said he had some mid-majors calls, but he's kind of looking at the same route that Kirby has talked about, Juco, and hopefully finding someone bigger. Um, so I think, and just from what I've seen, and Kirby, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, a lot of guys at that level really don't want to redshirt anymore. I think it's probably, it's probably person to person, honestly. Yeah, I think he knew he wasn't going to throw a lot, so he's like, I'm, I got to get out of there. Got to move on to bigger and better things, so. Yeah, you know it's it's different for every single person because you look at Trey and Trey knew he wasn't going to play for three years and then he knew if he stayed and stuck it out he would do what he did and look at where he's got. Yep, kind of like kind of like Tim Elko did for uh, did for Ole Miss. I, I know he he set out. Yep. I think his first two years. And then became they're going to build a statue of him now. Kirby, you ever thought you said? I threw against Van Cleef or Clan Van Cleve or whatever. Oh my gosh, that doesn't count. Van Cleve, and then I threw against. Uh... You didn't throw against Griffin either, did you? No. I don't know who I threw against. So. We're going to close out with the great deep question that we ask. So everybody's passionate that's involved in college sports. If you could solve one or two world problems, what would they be and why? That's a tough one, Will. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, well, we solve in 
outside of sports or are we solving inside of sports or anything in life so hunger mental poverty health. cancer mental health Oof. alzheimer's Oof. you name it mental health's uh big um i mean i think the biggest thing for me um is um I'll, i don't know if i really want to call it hunger but um i know your wife deals with it but uh child care really from a young age um I know I've seen just in my family personally, um, there, my aunt is a foster mom and, and uncle foster parents and the stories that they, they tell me, of kids and just what they grow up in and just the, just the world that they grow up into as custom to at a very young age that I don't think any kids should be, um, accustomed to that just growing up and don't know if they're going to eat that day or shoot, don't know if they're, there's going to be what they're going to see in their lifetime, see in, the, in their day-to-day lifetime that no kid should be able to see. Just having a, having a son now kind of opens your eyes. Um, Kevin, Kirby, you're not there yet. <laughs> but uh, what Mr. Jeff can attest, uh, your, your world kind of changes. Um, your eyes kind of open up when you have a son. You're kind of like, dang, um, uh, my son's about to have to grow up in this life. Um, just kind of to see him where – and I'm, don't get into politics or anything, but like that. Um, but just kind of the politics and stuff, um, what what the world's kind of going to, and kind of uh, cancel culture stuff like that. But that's kind of off topic. But I would, I really want to change kind of like the healthcare and the um, and kind of I guess the social care for for kids that really doesn't have a great home life. Um, I, I don't know what we could do, um, but just something, just something for those kids. That's the first time I've had that one, in it? Yeah. Mm, we've, we've had somebody touch on it. Yeah. I would say uh, kind of like a, a double one, kind of like, uh, like a cure for cancer. And or, like, I'm with, like, Kirby's big thing is ALS. You know, just stuff like that, because you have no control over that at all. And, you know, that's one thing that you, you know... You know, you can have, you can live uh, the healthiest life in the world, but, you know, if God has a plan for you and, you know, and everything like that, and, you know, and you get cancer or, you know, you have ALS or any other, like, you know, like terminal disease or anything like that, that you can't control, like, um, I wish we could find a, a way to, to, I wouldn't say, you know, if you could cure it, cure it, but maybe even slow it down. You know, something like that. I want to say uh, thank you, Will and Kevin, for getting on here with us and, um, you know, just talking about, you know, the coaching life and and just life before coaching. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add that we may have missed along the way? Nothing I can think of. Appreciate you having us. Mr. Jeff, always good to see you. Um, Curve, can't wait to watch the season, see how the balls go. Same. Plus, plus. I uh, hope you have enjoyed Stash Talk today. We will have a new Stash Talk every week. Check out our other episodes of Stash Talk. Tell your friends about us. And join us next week for Stash Talk.